as a business owner, we all have a lot of decisions to make. And if you're anything like me, there are days when you just wish you knew what it is that some of those really successful business owners, what is it that they do when they're making decisions? I was away in Greece recently, so the audio on this podcast, especially on my side, is a little bit wonky, but we made it happen when Bethany Perry joined me and we had a fantastic conversation about decision making and about emotional intelligence and how you can go through figuring out what it is that you need to do to connect with yourself and make the right decisions in your business. So let's jump into this week's episode of the Biz Podcast. Welcome to the Biz Podcast, where we're going to talk about running a business you love while still having the life you want. I'm Lara Wellman, and together we're going to talk about dreams, goals, and strategies, but even more importantly, mindset, boundaries, breaking the rules, and getting out of your own way. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm really excited to have you here. Ah, thank you, Lara. I'm excited to be here as well. So... Let's start off like I always do, where I get you to tell everybody who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. In a nutshell, after 22 years of coaching, you could best describe who I am as a physiologist turned philosopher. I work with heart-centered visionaries who really want to live a fully self-expressed life. And how I work with them is that we really support their personal development in order to improve their professional success. I love that because... As I talk about all the time, I think, you know, your personal life and how you feel as a person is so much part of how you run your business. And so you have to look at how they all work together. So I'm really excited to have some conversation with you today. Yes. And I have to say, one of my favorite things about your podcast is how you really incorporate running your business in a way that you love. And you also always bring in how important it is that that's one piece, but living the life that you want is also important. And the content you share with your audience is just so valuable. And I really appreciate you having me here to hopefully add value to them as well. Well, thank you. Yes. What I love to talk about is the fact that most people start a business because they're trying to create a life that they love and then they forget to actually take it into account. So stop forgetting that that's why you did this. Yes. And one thing I see a lot in the business world, you know, you and I are both entrepreneurs. So It's kind of the conversations are different around an entrepreneur table a lot of times and people wanting more, you know, one of the more tangible ways that people measure that is often by how much money are you making? And I love, again, that you bring up topics like time freedom, having more energy, being happier. And one of my favorite analogies around this is that we can want more out of our life and out of our business and if you imagine more coming in the form of time, money, energy, happiness, if we're a one cup measuring cup and we want a gallon's worth of abundance, we actually have to become a gallon container in order to be able to receive that. So that's part of how I really approach the personal development work that I do with people is that it's about becoming able to become a bigger container in our own lives so that we can receive stuff. Because if the water faucet is flowing, And we're a one cup measuring cup, even if we get a gallon's worth of water, we're still only going to be able to receive one cup's worth. So, you know, the, the tangible things like how much money did I make is one way to measure what size of a container are we. But for those of your listeners who also really value time freedom and happiness and energy, I'd love to support them in, you know, as we go into this conversation with very specific steps on how they can 
become more in their life so that they can have more in their life and business is to kind of give yourself on a scale of one to 10, the intangible areas, like how happy are you with your energy levels? How happy are you with your life and with your business? Scoring it on a scale of one to 10 can be a very easy way to track how effective is what you're doing? Is it actually improving those things? So if you score one of those areas of your life that are more intangible and you're at a four out of 10 today and you start implementing some of the things Laura and I are gonna talk about today, that you know, a month from now you're at a six, you can tell that they're working. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. The reason we came together to have this conversation was to talk about the idea of what is it that top performers do to make decisions, specifically because I've talked to so many business owners where I think you start to get overwhelmed. And what is it that these people who have created what they believe is success, what have they done to get there? What is it that people are doing that I'm not quite figuring out? And just jumping into it from that perspective so that we have all these extra tools to help us feel more confident making decisions in our own businesses. Sure. So a statistic that often surprises people is that 90% of the difference between star performers and kind of average performers in top leadership positions is attributable to emotional intelligence rather than cognitive skills. So it's not necessarily about what we know in our head, but it's how are we integrating and implementing and living in our daily lives that makes the biggest difference. And, you know, higher emotional intelligence is actually directly connected to improved career success, entrepreneurial potential, leadership talent, health, relationship satisfaction, happiness. And it's also one of the best antidotes to stress. So for the listeners that are like, I have these big goals and I'm feeling overwhelmed by them. And I feel like I need to learn more before I can be capable or I need to do more before I'm going to hit those goals. My suggestion would be to almost take a deep breath and just at least for the time of this interview, give yourself permission to slow down in order to speed up and really look at, like I said, I have a five-step process I'm going to give you guys to walk yourselves through to really help you understand the internal dialogue that you might be having and how you can improve that to make better decisions so that you can be a star performer in your own life and business. Yeah, this is the piece, right? It's You can't just learn all the how-tos and just know all the really tactical stuff without taking into account that you're a human being who's also running a business and that yes. you as a person has to be involved with this and you have to feel good in your ability to connect with what you're doing. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yes. One of the things I say often is that energy first, then strategy. And strategy is so important. When you get your energy right, when you get your emotional intelligence in a good place, then you can actually bypass the strategies that won't work for you. Even though they might work for a ton of other people, you're going to be able to make better decisions for yourself. So do you want me to just jump into kind of like the five ingredients into how to have this inner dialogue with yourself when you're making decisions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So basically with emotional intelligence, like this is the really simplified version, but if you think of these five steps, there's number one is self-awareness. Number two is self-regulation. Number three is motivation. Number four is empathy. And number five is our social skills. And while those are probably terms and concepts that you're 
listeners know in their head, logically understand, because I know your audience is incredibly smart. I'm going to share an example from my own life about how developing this daily, sometimes seemingly insignificant decisions actually leads to strengthening this skill so that when we come up with big decisions, this emotional muscle has been well-trained. You know, my first degree is in sports medicine, so I use a lot of physical fitness analogies. But if you go into the gym and it's your first day, you're not going to walk over and pick up the 50-pound dumbbells and then wonder why you're in the hospital the next day from tearing your muscles too hard. We want to kind of approach this process the same way of starting where you're at, starting with the small things, building those emotional muscles so that when you do make these bigger decisions, you're in shape and you can trust yourself to navigate these. Yeah. It takes practice, right? And we all need to remember that for all the things in our lives. Sometimes it's really hard to remember you're not good at things right away, but like stretching these muscles and getting them stronger is so important. One example that I have, I shared with you earlier before we hit record that in my family, we decided to have my husband leave his job and stay home with our one-year-old son so that I could go full-time in my business. So in applying this emotional intelligence, I know one of the things to help me scale my business to the level I'd like it to be means I need to be showing up on social media more often. So self-awareness, step number one, is I know showing up and giving value on social media is going to be key to my business success. But when I show up and I just start scrolling through my newsfeed, I'm self-aware that sometimes that I can be wasting time doing that. And that occasionally comparisonitis or like the I'm not good enough gremlin pops up. And then I don't necessarily take the action that I need to take to hit my goals. So that's an example of step number one. I'm self-aware enough that this is a next step that I should be taking. And here's some things that sometimes get in my way. So the next step of this decision-making process is self-regulation. So this is where, okay, I check in with myself and I take responsibility. Because emotions, they're not good or bad. They're simply like a biological response causes an emotion inside of us. And so as we're self-regulating, whether it's a good feeling, a bad feeling feeling, I just want to encourage your listeners that emotions are always in motion. So you don't have to get too attached to them. But as far as how we self-regulate when they come up, in this example of me showing up on social media, I know that I feel most connected to my mission after I've meditated, after I've done a workout, after I've snuggled my little mini Perry, um, after I've been on client calls, I feel inspired. I feel jazzed up. That is the best time for me to go show up on social media. So I basically, the inner dialogue, I'm just like, okay, Bethany, so show up after those activities and before you start scrolling. (laughs) And then this leads into the third part, which is motivation. And something to understand about how motivation applies in this emotionally intelligent decision-making process is that this is really more effective when it's coming from an internal place rather than being motivated by external results. So, you know, high achievers and heart-centered people, impact-driven entrepreneurs, they usually have this something inside of them that wants to achieve just for the sole sake of achieving. It's not to get external rewards. There's this like intrinsic part of us that just always is looking for how can I grow? How can I create more of an impact? How can I 
create more happiness in my life. And the tangible external things are usually a result of that. So the key here is to, in the decision-making process, decide what is something you can track that is going to support the awareness that you've had and how you're going to choose to regulate. So in my case of this social media thing, I decided that I'm going to motivate myself by making the commitment to show up on social media for 365 days in a row of live streams. Part of this is to prove to myself that I can, and it's also pushing me out of my comfort zone a little bit. And that, again, to high achievers and top performers is often motivating on a deeply personal level. Is this making sense so far? Absolutely. And I love that you found that goal that feels really good and motivating for you and remembering because you're doing that self-awareness piece that we all need to find the right one for us, right? So not everybody would be able to handle that goal, but you have to find the one that really jazzes you up and is like, yeah, I'm going to feel amazing when I hit that goal. Yes, such a good point. This is a personal example. It is not to say that this has to be how everybody else would handle this. And this, I think, is the key of this process is the customization and the really the personalizing of this, which is why the self-awareness is the first step. Because from the self-awareness, we can really tap into what is the root cause that we need to look at healing in our life. Yeah. And when you've done the work of figuring out the emotional part and the self-regulating, you understand how to pick the bright motivation without trying to, you know, make yourself do things that are going to send you off, right? Like if you're trying to harness the good stuff and the good feelings, like use that in your goals. Yes. And it's also, this is a great place to bring in other emotionally intelligent people who understand your goals. So you might have a better perspective for your clients than they do about what a trackable motivating piece might be for them. Again, one thing that <laughs> is really powerful is that when we do the work on ourselves, it's also okay to still have help and support in this process. Yes, indeed. I love that you stated that. It's hard to do all of this for ourselves sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we can't see the forest through the trees. But as you go through this process, once you have that trackable goal, the next step, the fourth step is empathy. And that is really treating people according to their emotional reaction. And so in this case, we're talking about what is your emotional reaction? Empathy with another person might require a little curiosity of putting yourself in their shoes and trying to understand that before you move forward in a conversation, whether it's a difficult conversation or setting a boundary. In this instance, the example I'm sharing is this is what's happening in my head. And so now I've gone through self-awareness of recognizing that scrolling is not as effective as doing a live stream. I've self-regulated by identifying when I feel most connected to do this, when it feels best for me to do this. I've established a motivating goal for myself that's trackable by, again, my goal is to do 365 days of live streams in a row. And now step number four, I need to have empathy for myself. And I can know that there are going to be some days that I don't feel like going live. Maybe I'm going to be sick. Maybe I'm going to be tired. Maybe I'm going to feel like I look a hot mess. <laughs> so I'm going to practice empathy in that moment of saying, okay, Bethany, don't beat yourself up. Some days it's going to feel hard. You don't have to be perfect. Remember, I'm going back through those steps to get myself to this place where I can just be okay with being perfectly imperfect. And then that makes it very easy to navigate into the fifth step of 
social skills. And so again, this applies to how you make decisions when you're interacting with other people. But if we practice in how we're interacting with ourselves around making decisions, we're building those emotional muscles. And so in this case, the social skills, which to kind of dial it in a little bit and how it applies to this, this is really about building rapport and managing relationships with a specific goal in mind. So, you know, it's not just social etiquette, but it's an actual skill. And because I had that self-awareness in step one, that this is something directly linked to hitting my goals, I can choose to step into redefining that my live stream challenge isn't actually about me. It's an opportunity to connect with others and really build relationships. And so the power of going through those five steps, all of a sudden I'm out of the self-awareness of, hey, this habit of scrolling is a problem. I've gotten all the way in five simple steps to here's a solution that's going to work for me and here's why it matters to the world in a bigger picture kind of way, which is outside of just me handling me. And that's the beauty of emotional intelligence is that as we become better versions of ourselves, it has a positive impact on everyone that we interact with. That's awesome. I love it. I think it's a really clear, simple way using the example you gave was a perfect way to do that, right? Just to walk yourself through all the pieces of things so that you can make the right decisions for you and not just what you think you should do and not what you think other people are doing, but like actually for you. Yeah. And I'd love to share, you know, that self-awareness piece, right? Like the other steps are a lot easier and they're much more effective when we really nail that self-awareness. And I know that We don't have time to deep dive into each of these steps, but I'd love to give your listeners at least one, and if we have time, two really specific tools that they can use to nail that first step. Let's do it. Okay. So the first one is, in order to be self-aware, that's simply observing how are you feeling and how are you behaving? And I want you to understand the concept of a thought-feeling cycle. And this is, we have a thought. And that thought creates a feeling. And then that feeling leads to another thought. And then that thought leads to another feeling. And so in an example of this might be if I think I need to do social media more often to grow my business, and then my feeling is resistance or fear or comparisonitis, or I don't know what to say, whatever that feeling might be, then it leads to another thought of what if I can't do this? you know, is there another way I can get around this without doing this thing? And then that feeling leads to, oh my gosh, what if I'm never going to hit my business goals? And then that thought leads to, and then that feeling leads to. So you can see how it can very quickly snowball. So how do we navigate this thought feeling cycle, circle, cycle? (laughs) It is a circular cycle, by the way. Well, first of all, understanding that cycle is the first tool I wanted to give your audience. The second tool is to recognize that our subconscious rules, how we have conditioned ourselves to react in this thought feeling cycle, 98% of the beliefs and patterns and habits that we have aren't even actually ours. That's usually blows people's minds, but it's true. Like we've picked them up from oftentimes very well-meaning people like parents and teachers. Sometimes we've picked them up from maybe bullies on the playground and, you know, toxic relationships or exes that broke our hearts, regardless of where they come from, I love giving people a three-day challenge to really 
maximize and increase their self-awareness very quickly. And that's to, as often as possible, notice what is your thought and then what is the feeling that that creates and treat it like it's a laundry basket. And imagine that if there was a hundred items in this laundry basket, that really only two of them are yours. So if you feel a thought lead to a feeling, imagine it's like pulling a shirt out of a laundry basket and saying, huh, this isn't mine. Or, oh, that pair of pants is my husband's. Or that pair of pants is from the bully on the playground when I was in fourth grade. And that t-shirt is my mom's. And you know what? This one was mine, but it doesn't fit me anymore. And so as you're sorting your thoughts and feelings, if you can treat it as objectively as you would sort laundry and just really give yourself permission. If something doesn't fit or it doesn't look good on you, even if it was yours in the past, do you want to keep it? Because you can go buy new clothes. You don't have to keep everything in the laundry basket. And that is such a simple way of processing our thoughts that I hope really doesn't have to be a big deal. If that thought pops in your head and you're just like, okay, it's as important as a piece of laundry right now. (laughs) And you just get to decide if you want to keep it or not it can really strengthen that self-awareness skill set very quickly. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I often, I don't remember where I heard it, but the idea of when a feeling comes up, you ask yourself, is that actually true? And, and the, the idea of thinking of it as, does this fit me? Is it mine? Is it no longer the right size? I love that analogy. And specifically realizing that you're connecting it to that thought so that you can see where the emotion came from, because I'm sure you've encountered and I've encountered, and I do this, um, where you don't even realize where you suddenly got upset and what you linked that back to. Yes. And if it sounds too simple to be effective, I just want to encourage people, you know, there's some powerful statistics out there about why implementing and developing your emotional intelligence is directly linked to not only your financial success in business, but your happiness in life. And 47% of people report that personal problems affect their work performance. 16% of people report that personal challenges cause them to call out sick or not show up even in their own business. And when we're more emotionally intelligent, it's one of the fastest ways to cut down on team turnover. So even if you only have one or two people as independent contractors or employees in your business, the financial cost of having to replace somebody is actually six to nine months of whatever it is that you're paying them. So it's very costly to not develop this side of yourself. And the flip side is that this is something that anyone can improve on. This is not something that either you got it or you don't. This is available to anyone who wants to go into their emotional gym, get their mindset workout in for the day, you can really step into the top 90% of performers and be the best performer in your own life and really feel proud of that. Awesome. You gave us lots of ideas and tips and examples, and I really appreciate you joining me today. We're going to link to all your social channels so maybe people can come and see some of your live streams. (laughs) Yeah, well, there'll be at least 365 of them at some point. (laughs) Awesome. And I know that you have a quiz that I've taken and I think it's fantastic. So I'd love to link to that as well in the show notes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the quiz, if you want to find out what your success superpower is, especially around this emotional intelligence and your unique human operating strength, 
so you can really know where to hone in. I would encourage you to take the free quiz I've put together. I'm very proud of it. I put my heart and soul into putting that together to give people a free resource to get started on this journey for themselves or next level their journey. Awesome. We will link to that in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Lara, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to connect with you and I will look forward to staying connected moving forward. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you got a lot of value and ideas out of it. Until the next episode, come and hang out some more with me. I've got a free Facebook group that's called Building Your Next Level Biz. I share lots of trainings. I do all kinds of mini workshops in there that are all free. So check out the show notes, come and join me there, and that will be our place to hang out between episodes.